We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick Podcast. I'm Nina Spears, the Baby Chick, your host, and today's guests, we have Chelsea Bodie and Caitlin Slavens on our show. Chelsea and Caitlin are best friends, registered psychologists, and most importantly, moms who struggled significantly in the postpartum period. From months-long NICU stay to birth trauma and postpartum anxiety, they truly have experienced many of the topics they cover. Today, we will be chatting all about postpartum, normalizing post-baby mental health struggles, navigating mom life, and finding strength amid the chaos. Let's welcome Chelsea and Caitlin to the show. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast, Chick Chat. Yes, thank you for having us. It is our pleasure. I'm really interested in chatting with you guys about all things postpartum. But before we do, we'd love to learn more about you guys. For all of our guests, we'd like to learn about you, your background, and really how you guys ended up to where you are today. Yeah. So our story really begins when we were in our 20s working at the mental health program at our local hospital. We became fast friends and just stayed in touch throughout throughout the years as we both went into our master's and then became counselors. And then when we both had our children, we kind of reconnected and Chelsea had a little bit of a unique birthing of her child. <laughs> and, and we'll we, have to get more into that because you can't say that. that without telling us. Yes. <laughs> and we really found that like we both struggled significantly in the postpartum period, but there also wasn't a ton of support either for postpartum moms, especially when it comes to mental health. So we thought like, okay, we're both psychologists. We want to specialize in this a little bit more. Let's start just an Instagram page, connect with our local community and COVID hit and it just kind of blew up from there because people were really struggling. Yeah. Oh gosh, COVID. Are you kidding me? That was hard Mm -hmm. in and of itself. Then add a new baby and postpartum and oh, I can speak to this because I had my baby um, in February 2021. That was, yeah, (laughs) it's a lot of fun. I get it. Oh my gosh. And now you guys have to tell me, uh, well, Chelsea, tell us about, you know, your birthing experience and also like both of your like postpartum experiences and how those were for you both as new moms. Yeah, absolutely. So my son was born 12 weeks early, actually. So he was born at the end of 
or October 2019. So Caitlin had just had her second in September, right? Yeah. yeah. And so we actually were displaced from our local hospital because they can't care for a newborn that's born that early. So we were living about three hours away from home for about three months till we got to come back to our local hospital. So yeah, it was just being a NICU parent was really an isolating journey. I didn't really know babies could be born that early, as naive as that sounds. And I didn't know what that looked like. And and then, of course, we got home and the pandemic hit. So then I have this little baby on oxygen and we're like, what's happening around us? So not only having the postpartum fog, but just trying to take care of a medically fragile baby. Oh my gosh, Chelsea, that is so much to handle. How did you get through that? Well, Caitlin was part of that. (laughs) Good. You had your village. She helped with that for sure. Actually, I remember being in like NICU and Caitlin texted me and she's like, hey, do you want to start this page up together? We're both probably like delusional in this like postpartum. Like, was that even a reality-based decision? (laughs) I don't know. We both weren't mentally well at that point. So we're like, okay, let's Let's do do it. Let's do it. So that was actually a really good outlet for me. (laughs) Like in terms of, you know, we shared bits of our own story and Kaylin shared her struggles with postpartum as well. And, and so we had some opportunities to kind of explore just what our own journeys through that. So I think that was really helpful. Yeah. Kaylin, share a little bit about your postpartum journey, if you don't mind. Yeah. So I struggled significantly with postpartum anxiety and just being an anxious person. That's just who I am. But then having a baby, I... I didn't feel like too bad during the pregnancy, but once we got him home, the reality of like, I'm caring for something that is so precious and like literally his life depends on me kind of put me in a little bit of a tailspin and kind of going down the Google rabbit hole and, and a lot of things since that was early 2017. So, I mean, some of the education on Instagram wasn't quite there yet, but of course Google was there and it really took me to a dark place with that struggle. So even being like a counselor and having my master's in, in mental health, like I just didn't know like that postpartum anxiety was even really a thing as like as crazy as that sounds to come out of my mouth now nobody really talked about it right even in our degree or in any of the trainings that I had like you hear about postpartum depression but postpartum anxiety it's like oh well you're supposed to worry you're a mom now right but it's like that the extent of that worry was not was not normal and not okay yeah oh my goodness thank you both so much for sharing your experiences mm-hmm. with us was it after your birthing experiences and your postpartum experiences that you realized that this is the area that you wanted to get into or did you have kind of an inkling that that you wanted to do that before mm-hmm. no oh, go ahead. yeah no we <laughs> we well, we worked with families like our mm-hmm. initial specialty was child and adolescent mental health so we were like knocking on the door we just didn't quite work with families typically in the postpartum period but we'd work with them after in different compassion so mm-hmm. I think there was that passion of working with families. It just yeah. kind of expanded more into that perinatal postpartum mom focused world after we became moms. Yeah, with our own experience. And and really like before, probably like really ill-equipped mm-hmm. to to deal with it because you just you don't necessarily know. And yes, people can be doctors and, and psychologists without like, you know, going through that, but going through that experience just gives you a whole different perspective, right? And Chelsea working with like NICU parents, right? Mm-hmm. She has that unique 
experience that nobody else will really be able to give those people. That's so true. And we're just so grateful for people like you who are giving this service because you said that you're absolutely right. Not enough people were talking about it and educating moms about these different things or, or enough support. So I'm glad that this conversation is being talked about more and that mm-hmm. we're doing that today. As a society, we still aren't, I think, though, talking about it enough, the feelings and challenges many mothers experience. And when I say that, I, I I don't mean in a trying to scare people. It's more of a, this is what's normal. Here's what to expect. It's not scare tactics. It's just guidelines of you may experience this and this is normal. You may experience that and this is not normal. And it, all of that, it can make new mothers feel when they have these experiences alienated and insecure or like what they're experiencing is completely abnormal. Besides sharing our own experiences, which you know more people are doing, what else can we do to change this and normalize these feelings that are common and normal to have? I think the important piece of it is education. And I think that's part of why we are trying to put some of these resources together and these resources out there because, you know, sometimes even physicians and people who are on a birth support team and in that world don't even really know either, right? And it's just so, I think because we view birth as like this universal experience and that you go through it and everyone for thousands of years has gotten through it. We really just don't think about it, right? We don't think about the impact that it can have and the impact that people are going through and just because everyone goes through it universally speaking, not everybody goes through it, but because everyone who becomes a mom goes through this birth experience or goes through a different type of experience to have their child and that they don't take into consideration like what happens, the ramifications of that, right? Whether it's giving birth, whether through vaginal or through C-section, whether it's adoption, whether it's, you know, caring Mm -hmm. for a family member who you take on as your own child, right? There's this identity shift and we just assume that it's fine when it's not necessarily fine. Yeah. We all have our own struggles and some of us hide it better than others. So it's important to do that. And I'm so glad that you said education because I think that that's always the first place to start off is really learning more and finding those resources, which we can talk a little bit about your book. If you guys don't mind, I got your Not Your Mother's Postpartum book. I thought it was a funny title. You said you're putting these resources together. And when I was reading through it as a postpartum doula, I am seeing families during daytime, during nighttime for usually minimum of four hour chunks. And I feel like a therapist sometimes. I (laughs) really help them through different things. And I'm constantly saying, talk to your pediatrician, or maybe we need to see a therapist. I'm not specialized in in any of those things, but I really appreciated what you guys put together. Can you kind of touch on this briefly for me? Yeah. So our goal in Not Your Mother's Postpartum book was to have like a one stop shop for moms, whether they're struggling with maybe it's breastfeeding or formula feeding or body image or just setting boundaries with family or their postpartum mental health, whether it be anxiety or or rage or depression. What we found and what inspired us for, for that title is that like, yes, there are books on pregnancy and, and giving birth and after giving birth, but what we found was lacking was those topics. Right? The topics on postpartum anxiety, the topics on like body image, on breastfeeding, right? On 
all of those things that are so, so important. And we wanted it in one book, right? Rather than having like five different books. That's like, this is on boundaries. This is on breastfeeding. This is on Yeah, that can be overwhelming and intimidating. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And moms are tired. They're, they're busy. You don't necessarily have the time to sit down and read extensively about all of these things. But we wanted moms to be able to be like, okay, I'm really struggling with my anxiety. Flipped the anxiety chapter, right? Learn about it. Talk about it. Learn about our struggles and then have some strategies. Mm-hmm. We really wanted it to be a practical and realistic tool for, for postpartum moms or even moms that are like years down the road that are still struggling with birth trauma or, or other things, or even setting boundaries with their family. It's like, this is applicable for, for new moms, expecting moms and moms like down the road that maybe didn't necessarily heal from their, from their birth experience or postpartum experience. Well, we so appreciate that. When I was going through it, I just, for our listeners out there, if you're looking for something that's not so intimidating, because it may look, you know, if you're seeing this on a video, very large and intimidating, but when you open it up, I love how it's also workbook type yeah. of book. So it really mm-hmm. becomes yours. And it's almost like you're you're journaling through your experience and processing things as you're learning. You know, as we know with journaling, when you write down things, you retain that information even more. I thought it was a, a, a wonderful resource. So bravo to you both on Thank putting you. that into the world. So I wanted to touch on that. And I've heard you all say mom life feels hard because it is hard. (laughs) Amen to that. (laughs) How do you encourage moms to find strength amid the chaos and challenges of motherhood? It's tricky, but the first step is acknowledging that like it is hard and you can't do it all, right? It's what, what are your expectations? What are your priorities? Because we can't do it all. Before motherhood, maybe, you know what, our house was clean, we could do the laundry every day and cook like good meals. But now it's like, um, maybe one of those is happening, maybe not. So it's looking at what, what are your priorities? What are your values? Because you can't do it all. And you can't do it all perfectly either. So it's like, you know what, maybe if um, feeding your kids a good meal is important to you, and your rest of your house looks like a dumpster fire, then then that's what it is. Right? But it's, really, really hard to put that expectation that you, you do it all and you be all, but it's like, you know what, figure out what's important for you and, and focus on that and give yourself grace for the rest. Amen to all of that. Chelsea, would you add anything to that? No, okay, you did a pretty good job. Yeah, she did. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, I love it. And in your experience, what are the most common struggles you see mothers face during the postpartum period specifically? Typically in the postpartum, I think the identity shift to motherhood is a really big one, like losing yourself a little bit or wondering what parts of yourself are still there after you've had a baby or, you know, your second, third, fourth, however many babies you're having. And also that the burnout is a big one right now, right? Mm -hmm. Moms are working out of the home. And sometimes that adds that extra layer. If they're the primary default parent at home, then there's all this pressure at home. And so we just see a lot of moms that come to us or message us and we'll be like, we're just running on empty. Like, where Mm -hmm. do we go from here? And what do we do? And then of course, like the hormonal and mood changes that come with like just giving birth and, and having a baby and sleep deprivation that comes with that and, and all of those things. So 
I'd say those are probably the top four that we talk about a lot. Yeah, definitely. And anxiety, right? Like there's there's a lot of information out there. A lot of it is contradictory. And, and sometimes moms fall into that comparison trap. Like everybody else can do it. Why can't I? Instagram and social media is just a highlight reel. Right? Everybody's struggling, but not everybody shows up. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Show me the woman who is handling all of that like perfectly, getting good amount of sleep, good nutrition, hygiene, and sanity. Like I'd love to meet that woman. Exactly. <laughs> that mom. And she's probably not in touch with reality if she is. <laughs> yeah. Or she has a lot of help, a lot of yeah. paid help. <laughs> yes. yes. Exactly. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I think a common misconception that some people I've heard say is that, oh, if you're struggling, it's probably postpartum depression or the baby blues. And obviously, there is so much more that women can experience. How can women recognize the signs of each of those and know when they should probably seek help? Absolutely. Yeah, it gets pretty convoluted, especially when you throw in like unexpected, like pregnancy challenges, for example, pregnancy complications, birth trauma, right? It's so hard to know what's going on because it can feel like this big mess. So typically what we'll say is, so how far are you from the birthing experience? And that can be a good indication of, you know, baby blues, which we would argue pretty much everybody has baby blues, right? Like you're a little teary, you're a little more emotional, you're a little more reactive after giving birth, you have that big hormone drop. And then of course, the sleep deprivation, trying to figure out feeding, right? There's all these factors. So Baby blues is so, so common and almost a universal experience if you've given birth. But then we look more into, okay, if you're past that, like if you're looking into three, four months, five months, eight months, 10 months postpartum, then we start with mood changes and mood kind of disorders. So typically we tell people to look at, are your symptoms getting better? So have you noticed there's any shifts, any changes? Are they getting worse or staying the same? If they're staying the same or getting worse, then you definitely want to reach out to your healthcare provider. And how intrusive or impactful is it on your daily life, right? So we've seen clients who've had severe anxiety where they can't leave their house. And if you can't leave your house, that's obviously impacting you and your day-to-day life. So, you know, we really want to pay attention to how these symptoms are influencing you and what's going on that way as well. It's so true. Yeah. I feel so blessed that after I had both of my children, I didn't experience baby blues or postpartum depression, but I have seen it so many times with my clients. And yes, I we talk about some things to look for to look for the partner to look for in, you know, the new mother to mention like, Hey, this doesn't seem normal or things are not getting better things that she used to enjoy or isn't eating the way that she probably should or, or is constantly worrying. I think also people don't recognize that it's not just baby blues or postpartum depression. Like you were just mentioning that there's also anxiety, there's OCD, there's a psychosis, there's other uh, mood disorders that 
are really not talked enough about. And I think that I'm glad we're having this conversation because if you're just feeling like something is not right, please go and talk to somebody because you're not a bad mom. I think that's the first thing that moms are afraid of admitting, feeling any of these things that I shouldn't be feeling this. I'm not a good mom. I should never have had this child. Like, what am I doing? And they're afraid that their baby's going to get taken away. And with all the, with all of that, like, what would you say to that mom who's having those thoughts? Mm-hmm. Well, number one, you're a good mom, right? You're doing great. And then lots of moms, like I would say nearly every mom experiences some form of guilt, form of like, oh, am I doing a good job? Is it good enough? Should I be doing this? But that guilt is like, that's telling you, you are trying to do everything that is possible for you and and your child, but your child needs you, right? And reminding yourself like you're, you're the best mom for your child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think that that's recognizing that we have the tools to be able to parent mm-hmm. our child well and recognizing if something feels off to go talk to somebody like Absolutely. someone like you all uh, and Absolutely. reaching out for help. Yeah. Seek yeah. out support, right? Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Some of the strongest people, like they know when to ask for help. They know it's like, okay, I can't do this mm-hmm. by myself. So I need I need to get my support network or I need to you know, find a support mm-hmm. network. I need to talk to, to somebody else. Someone's one of the healthiest and most self-aware things that you can do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Caitlin and Chelsea, what skills and tools do you think are essential for moms to be armed with during the postpartum period and beyond? Yeah. The first one that we, when we look at like talking about planning, I guess, for the postpartum period and coping. One thing we encourage people to do is know how you respond to stress in any situation, right? You know, do you try to avoid things? Do you power clean your house, which you know, you can't necessarily do in every baby, but you know, what are those things that you're, are warning signs for you? Like I'm stressed and I'm not managing as normal as I, I do in my day-to-day life, because often those are going to be quite similar in the postpartum period. They're usually just like heightened. So we see them, they can come out like more explosive emotions or more crying, more anger, right? Like different things like that. But often your knowing your stress response can be really helpful because when it starts getting to an unmanageable place, you're able to recognize it or catch it. Or if you have somebody in your life that can recognize it and catch that as well. So that would be one of the main things that we encourage is, okay, first and foremost, know how you respond to stress. And then as well, trying to make it so those resources that you have in your community, in your life, those support people, whatever that looks like. And it can look so different for everybody, but knowing where you can call, for example, knowing who you can call, whether that is a healthcare provider or somebody from your birth support team, or if that's a family member or a friend, or if it's like an online Facebook group, right? Like there's so many communities Mm -hmm. now that are developed online, having those accessible and easy. So when you are in not a great space, it's easier to get access to it because it's right there. Like the numbers written down on your fridge or it's in your phone or different things like that. Such great tips. Oh, thank you for that. Because yes, I think all of that leads to is like preparing for this period of your time. Because the more that you think about this and prepare for your postpartum period and know what to look for, recognize, like you said, those things that indicate stress to be mindful of those things after. And again, that just takes us back to 
let's prepare for our postpartum period. I think so many people really focus on the birth and getting their birth plan together and preparing for their birth, but not as many people are preparing for life postpartum. And that preparation is paramount in in my opinion. And so everything you just said to me really leads to let's prepare for this for the postpartum period. Did I get that right? Absolutely. 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 Yeah. We even have a, a post where it's like postpartum, what I did and then postpartum, like what you should do. Right. And that includes like getting your support team, making a postpartum plan, right? Talking to your partner or support people about signs of postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety, right? Maybe like picking out a therapist, things things like that, right? That are so, so crucial that just get overlooked. Totally, absolutely. Having that whole list of resources before, because when you're in the middle of postpartum and that haze and this baby and little sleep, you're not going to want to do your research on (laughs) the resources around you. So get doing that ahead of time and having Mm -hmm. that written out so that if you do, hopefully you never need to even look at it. But if you do, it's already there for you. There, right. You've already prepped yourself that, okay, this is okay. If something isn't going the way that I feel good about, then these resources are here are available to me. Yes. I love that. And can you both explain to me what is the mental load of motherhood Mm -hmm. and how can mothers find support from their partners, friends, and family? Yeah. So the mental load really is the day-to-day running list in a mom's mind, right? The to-do list, the okay, I need to get them up. I need to feed them. We need to buy groceries. We need to like organize the pantry. We need to call the doctor. It's just the running to-do list that that primarily falls falls on the mother. For example, for myself, birthday parties, all of a sudden it's like they get to school and they get invited to like a million birthday parties. And it's like making the time, taking them there, buying the birthday gift for the kid, right? Taking, you know, at the time to go to go get them, planning their birthday party, planning the holidays, having play dates, right? making the dentist appointment, remembering like, oh yeah, I should take my kid to the dentist. <laughs> Just all, all of those things that sometimes, well, I'll say often fall on the, the mother's lap, especially if it's not talked about beforehand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, being that default parent is yeah, can be really hard if you're really not fully hard mentally prepared for that. So that mental load, you're right. Before you even like, before you even have breakfast, you're probably have this running list in your mind of, okay, this weekend we have this going on, this game, this practice. Oh, I have to get that. I have to pick up that gift. Oh, her birthday's this next week. So I have to pick up these cupcakes. Oh, it's also Dr. Seuss's birthday week next week. So every day is a different theme at the child's school. So we have to get all these different things to order for each day. So they have a shirt. Oh my God. It's just never ending, is it? It's never ending, right? <laughs> yeah, but it, it is. And it's, it's a lot, but without conversation and discussion, that kind of primarily falls on, on the mom, but it is, and shifting that it's like, okay, how can you delegate some things? How can you split the load? And for myself, my, my husband, he does like all of the cooking. I don't do any. I do the cleaning and and that's my my load, right? Because I way prefer that than 
cooking. So we found ways to split that load. Whereas, I mean, some of the other things primarily fall to me when it comes to like the school and the, and the crazy hair day and the like backwards day, all, all of those things, right? Making the therapist appointment, making this appointment and that appointment. But it's having a conversation saying like, this is a lot. I need you to maybe like take care of the physical appointments, right? And then I do like all the school stuff, right? It's how can we make it more equitable and fair for both parties, right? Yeah, because it's a partnership. We're both parents. We should both take care of our child in the best ways Mm -hmm. that we can. So, and I know that that does, like you said, fall a lot on the mother because especially it's, I mean, there are now more stay-at-home dads out there and I love that. And so they are becoming the default parent, but typically- moms are stay at home. But if you're a working, if you have a career, I like to call them career moms, because I believe every mom works, you are working, Mm -hmm. you're a working Mm -hmm. woman. (laughs) But when you're have a career, and maybe your partner also has a career, making sure that you can split those things. But even if you were also a stay at home mom, that Mm -hmm. is a job. And yes, delegating some things to your partner or someone else um, to help you I think is is definitely so, so, so helpful. Absolutely. Sure. And then if it's coming from like a single parent home, right? Oh my gosh, yes. Then we look at like, okay, what are like in the community resources that can, you can use? And if you don't have access to that, how do we ensure that you're like meeting your own needs as best as possible within all of that chaos? Yes. Oh my goodness. Thank you for bringing that up because I just think single parents are freaking superheroes and uh, especially and military families when yeah. a, a spouse is overseas. Oh my gosh, they're just amazing. But again, finding resources, talking to people like you to find what's available to them in their areas, finding their a therapist or, or a support group or, or whatever it is nearby to realize like, okay, I don't have to go through this alone. I think is so wonderful. And can you guys, how can we embrace mom life? Mom life is hard, like you said, because it is hard. (laughs) (laughs) But how can, when, when we're in those hard moments, what can we do or what can we tell ourselves to embrace this mom life? What I really like to do is when my kids are driving me insane, He's like, okay, which is quite often, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. Like, Please normalize that. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. It's noticing like the little things, right? It's noticing how like my boy still like mispronounces like some of the words, right? And how cute that is. And it reminds me like he's little, like he can't even like really talk yet. Are my expectations realistic? Or do I need to just like take a breath and you know what, cool my jets and remind myself like he's five or my daughter is is three, right? Her hands are are tiny, right? She still like falls down a lot of the time. Right? It's remembering like, okay, these moments, and I know everybody says it, it's like they fly by, but but they do. And it's like it won't last forever. Right. And there are hard moments, but you'll survive. And you'll look back and you'll you'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll want to hold on to those moments. I agree. Yes. And those moments, I'm also telling myself that they're not trying to give me a hard time. They're having a hard time. Mm-hmm. That quote, um, I Absolutely. love that quote because they're not, 
when they're coming, it can feel so overwhelming when this, so I have a five-year-old and a, she'll be two on Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, and almost two-year-old and my two-year-old and my five-year-old, let's be real, <laughs> both of them, <laughs> when anything happens, you know, they get a scuffed knee or, or, you know, just don't feel good or, mm-hmm. or are feeling nervous. <gasps> mommy, 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 and crying and whining. And it's, and I'm just, you know, it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. But in those moments, I just try to remind myself that like, okay, they are coming to the one place that they know where they can find calm, Mm -hmm. understanding and love. And what an honor that that's me. Absolutely. And so I have to take that breath and say, I am their calm. I am their love and I am their home. And so I have to just take a moment and, and it's okay to also like lose it because I'm also human. (laughs) Like I can't be perfect all the time and give myself like, like you said that grace. Um, but yes, like they're not giving me a hard time. They're having a hard time. I'm their home. I'm their peace. Let's take a breath this will not last forever. That's at least what I try to tell myself. (laughs) Right. And you know what? People do lose it. That's just normal, but it's like, apologize. Yes. It doesn't have to be this big catastrophic thing. We get a lot of DMS being like, I lost it. Have I traumatized my child forever? And it's like, no, just apologize. Mommy shouldn't have yelled. Mommy, sorry. Right. Not a big deal. apologize and move on and let go of that guilt. They are. That's one thing about our children. Oh gosh. They are so quick to forgive. They Mm -hmm. love us so much, almost to a fault, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So I love that, that you added that. I want to know, like, if you both could offer just like one piece of advice to a new mom about the postpartum period, what would it be? I think for me, it would be that the emotions you experience are are okay, right? Like you can be grateful and still hate the postpartum period and love your baby. You can hate your feeding journey, but love that you have options to feed your baby, right? Those like conflicting emotions that come up all the time Mm -hmm. are totally okay. Like it doesn't take away from who you are as a mom or from your, your children or how much you love them. Absolutely. And for me, I think it's knowing that Some people don't bond immediately with your baby. Some people don't have that immediate like euphoric postpartum experience. And it's okay to be like, okay, hi, I'm going to get to know you. We're going to learn about each other. So knowing that that's that's okay too, right? Sometimes it doesn't happen instantaneously. For some people it does and that's great. And for some people it doesn't and that's okay too. Yes. Yes. Thank you for saying that because... I think that a lot of moms that I've talked to when they bring their babies home and they're like, I don't love my baby. And I'm like, oh, I know this is hard. <laughs> I get it. Mm-hmm. I know this is hard. And they're they're like, I, I think they're cute. I like them, but I just, I don't get <laughs> I this. Like I, <laughs> yeah. They're like, I think I, you know, it's just, I don't love this whole thing. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. I know. And I go, mm-hmm. you're admitting something that so many moms have admitted to me in the privacy mm-hmm. of their own homes. And you're not the only one who is feeling that. And 
if things don't get like, let's do some things to try and help you bond and feel better and get to know your baby. But if things don't get better, let's get you some help and some resources because we have to have a healthy mom and a happy mom to have a healthy and a happy baby. So I love those tips. Thank you both so much. Do you guys have any final thoughts that you'd like to leave our listeners with? No, we really appreciate being able to to have a privilege and it really is a privilege to have such a platform to be able to speak to moms like around the world and it really blows my mind when we ask our followers like sometimes we like where are you from and it's like brazil australia like the uk india like chile florida like saskatchewan all (laughs) over the place like everywhere but it just blows my mind so we're just so honored to be able to have a platform to to share this education with moms and support well it's obvious that it's needed and necessary since women and mothers all over the world are (laughs) coming to y'all with questions and looking for that information and yeah we're just so grateful that you guys are sharing this with us and for our listeners like where can our listeners find you guys yeah, so we're on Instagram, just at Mama Psychologist. We're also on TikTok. <laughs> That's a new venture, and and Facebook and Pinterest, kind of like all all the major platforms. But our biggest one, of course, being Instagram. Amazing! I love this. Oh man, this was so real and helpful, ladies. I just thank you both so much again for your time and sh- for sharing your experiences and honesty with all of us. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. And for our listeners out there to learn more about Chelsea and Caitlin, you can visit them on Instagram, as they said, at Mama Psychologists. Our team will be posting today's episode on our Baby Chick Facebook page. So if you have any questions or comments about our discussion, please share them with us in the comments section. And as always, if you haven't already, please subscribe to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us an honest review. Cheers to navigating mom life and finding strength amongst the chaos.